How many would promote a youth event and not include free food? Like any pizza. How many would have the event be centered around prayer? No party, just prayer. No games, just prayer. Not even a message, just prayer. For two hours. How many would continue doing this event if only one student showed up? One youth minister tried this, and we will hear how that turned out for him. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Welcome back to this episode. We're excited to share some more information. A lot of the information in this podcast is based on research that our organization does where we ask students what they think. We also ask their adult leaders what they think their students think. We're releasing what we're calling our Adolescence in the Church Trend Report 2018 to you for free. If you would like to get your hands on this information, we want to offer it to you right now. And all you got to do is go to our website for this podcast. We'll give that to you and you'll be able to download this information, which we know will help you. As you, with us, we want to understand what students are thinking. This trend report is about 20 pages of all the stats, beautifully done, where it you can consume it pretty quickly on all the topics that uh, about the Bible, about their, the church views, about social media, all different topics that allows you to look at it and eat up the information pretty quickly. And you can find that at neverthesame.org slash podcast. So neverthesame.org slash podcast. The first 10 people, if you hear this, you go to neverthesame.org slash podcast and you download the trend report. We want to send you a physical copy. We've also got really nice copies here and we want to get those in your hands as well. So the first 10 people you're listening to this, go to neverthesame.org slash podcast. When you download that, we will get a hold of the first 10. We're going to email you a copy of this for free. Now, Jason, this season we've added something new at the end of this podcast and all of our podcasts. What you are inferring to is a bonus segment that we are trying and we hope that you join us. So when you think the episode is over and the podcast is done, no, wait, there's more. And that is what you're going to be able to listen to, the bonus segment. Now, as well, we mentioned last time, we want to maybe stay a little bit more in contact with you as you listen to this. So we gave out our emails last time. We may not do this every episode, but I think we should do it again. If you want to contact us personally, we'd love to hear from you. We hear from a lot of people across the country, around the world that contact us, but we're just going to throw out the email. So mine is jeff at neverthesame.org. And mine is jason at neverthesame.org. You can J-A-Y. find that spelling anywhere in print material. Yours is J-A-Y-S-O-N. Yes, it's Jason with a Y. So if you have complaints, send them to Jason. If you want to tell us how great we are, send that to me. And he will forward it to me. That's right. So we're excited to continue on. We're talking about um, what's happening with students on this podcast. Last episode, we answered the number one question that students have about prayer. And the next episode that you're going to listen to after this is an extension of the one that we're going to talk about today. We can't wait to get to that next time. All right, let's talk about some some numbers here. Um, we talked with students all summer. We've got some great data that's brand new, that's fresh from students hearing about what they think about prayer. Let's talk about it. Some of the questions that we've asked these students are the average number of times I usually pray in a day. If I pray, the time that I pray most consistently and regularly. And I believe prayer has the power to change my situation 
that's a, an agree, disagree type of question. So we're going to look at the ones that the average number of times I usually pray in a day. And if I pray, the time that I pray most consistently and regularly are. First question is the average number of times I usually pray in a day is, there was the option of never, one time a day, two to three times a day, four or more times a day. We came up with top two answers here that students are telling us they're both uh, at 40%. And that's one time a day and two to three times a day. So pretty consistently, students are saying, if I'm praying, the average number of times I'm doing it is either one, two, or three times a day. 40% said one time a day. 40% said two or three times a day. And outside of that, we had never and four or more times. So that those numbers came about 9 to 11% each. And so there, there really is a amount of times that students pray during the day. And that is between one and three times. Clearly four or more, it's like it drops off pretty significantly. Yeah. What I take away from that is that you've got about 10% of students, you know, nine, 10% in our youth groups that are saying, basically, I never pray. So it's not part of my, my everyday life. So that's, you know, one out of 10. And then another roughly one out of 10 are saying, I pray four more times a day. So you got those as bookends. You got about 10% that say they never pray, about 10%, 11% say they pray more than four or more times a day, which is quite a bit. And then you got that 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 bulk, the majority, you know, about 80% of the students in the middle are saying, I pray once a day usually, or I pray two or three times a day. So we're looking at these stats, and it's it's given us some indication of prayer in a student's life. But when we look at it with the other question, if I pray, the time that I pray most consistently and regularly is we have before bed, before meals, at school, or other and the top two answers were A, before bed, and B, before meals, where bedtime was about 40%, mealtime was about 33%. What time of day do you most consistently and regularly pray? I would say the mornings, when I wake up and be like, God, thank you for giving me another day. Because when some people, they don't get to wake up to see tomorrow, which we have to be thankful for. I usually pray during the evenings. I pray at night because it's right when I'm about to go to sleep. So I just finally it's just the me time where I can focus my mind. I don't have a specific time when I pray. I pray when I have no distractions and no other th like no things like bothering me. Um, I would say right before dinner because breakfast I'm kind of tired in the morning don't really think about it and lunch generally I'm at school during lunch and public schools it's kind of odd to start praying in the middle of it and uh, I normally do it before like a difficult activity like a test or I go on a ropes course or a sports event but most regularly before dinner. Um, before I eat and before I go to bed. Yeah. So you've got close, just a, just a shade under 75% of students saying that bedtime, mealtime, those are the most consistent times to pray. And I think uh, one of the things as we looked at these numbers, we, we really started to think about what are the habits? You know, not only did we get numbers, we, we've got some stories as well. We're going to be hearing from some students about when they're praying and what they think about prayer this episode and next but but as they think about that as we as we consider what they're saying to us 
what what we've um, taken away from this is that prayer is happening uh, in some of these maybe childhood habits that they learned growing up, but it doesn't seem to be really progressing much beyond that in their life as part of their lifestyle. No, based on these numbers, it's pretty much focused around those two times of the day. The other options was at school, and that was really four, maybe 5% of the students across the board. That, that's about 3,000 students that we, we asked and only 5% said at school and about 22% said other. So there is there is an option outside of these, these mealtime, bedtime, but the significant number that we're looking at is the combined about 73% are saying they pray pretty much around these two times of the day, which you mentioned is, is just relying on the habits that they were taught when they were a child. Now, we asked them, do they believe that prayer has the power to change their situation? And we got some really uh, interesting numbers here that students are saying. And one of the things that we should back up maybe and quickly say is what's unique about these uh, questions and answers and numbers that we get is that not only are we asking students, like Jason said, over 3,000 from across the country, from all kinds of backgrounds of students, but we also ask their adult leaders from their church the same questions and we say, Answer it the way you think your students would. And here's what jumps out to me about this. So we asked them, students, do you believe that prayer has the power to change your situation? 57% said they strongly agree with that statement. Now, here's what adults said. And what they're thinking that students said, do they believe that prayer has the power to change your situation? Adults are thinking only 13% would strongly agree with that. Those numbers are, are quite contrasting there. I agree. The disparity between those numbers is pretty large. And and it's fascinating to me to look at this question, the I believe prayer has the power to change my situation, yet the times of day that they pray is bedtime and mealtime. Now, I don't want to take away their times in prayer, but I would say one of those times of day, the mealtime, is typically a rote prayer. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. They're not praying for God to change their situation unless they want to you magically take a donut and make it nutritious or something. Exactly. So half of the, the scenarios that they are praying in is really just prayers that they've learned when they were young or they're just asking God to bless the meal in front of them. Thank you for this food. And it's really quick. We don't really spend a whole lot of time in asking God to change our situation in our mealtime prayer. So the other time is at bedtime. And so... Yes, they are, are praying during pr- during bedtime, which I grew up doing as well. I teach my kids to do when we're about to go to bed, we pray. Would you say that's the time that they are asking God to change their situation? I could say my experience with students uh, as a youth pastor currently involved in my local church as a, as a small group leader for junior high guys, seventh graders, and, and just in my years of not only doing that, but involved in Claim Your Campus and talking with literally tens of thousands of students around the country, I would say this about prayer is that students believe that prayer has the power to change my situation, but they typically don't practice prayer that way because they don't understand how to do it. They don't understand the link between, I know prayer makes a difference, but but beyond what you're saying, Jason, the, the, rote, the routine times of prayer, meal times, bedtime, They don't really go beyond that in their prayer life. And I think that's what we're interested in is how do we get them beyond that? I think asking the question, do students know the fundamentals? Do we know enough about what prayer is and be able to give that fundamental to a student so that when they approach God in prayer, 
they feel confident. They're not just relying on the rote. We've done that when as parents and giving that rote prayer to our kids and, and so that they can come to a situation like a meal or bedtime and feel comfortable praying. But are we giving fundamentals to the students to be able to pray anytime, anytime that a, a situation arises that they go, I really want God to change my situation here. It, it reminds me of sports or if you're a musician, some of those fundamental things that you learn early on. And I know like you go all the way up into professional sports and what a lot of coaches will say is, even professionals, we got to go back and remind them that they continue to need to practice the fundamentals. And here's the thing about prayer is that what I found is most people have never really learned that much about prayer. A lot of us practice it. A lot of us as, as you know, Christ followers do. But who has ever really sat down and formally taught us? And I think that's an important thing that we overlook because you don't take a kid into sports early on and say, hey, just go out there and play you know, your sport, like Jason, you know, you've got some kids that play soccer. You don't just throw them out in the field, but you say, here's how you learn the fundamentals of the sport. And, but it seems like that's what we do with prayer, doesn't it? We just kind of throw our students out there. We just assume if they're coming to our ministry, we just assume that they know how to pray. And then when we ask them to pray, we, we just basically say, well, by praying out loud in a group helps you to pray. And, but we don't really say how to pray. We just go, man, you know, Johnny, can you, pray for us. And if Johnny is kind of squeamish about praying out loud and well, just pray out loud. It's just talking to God. And that's all we kind of, we kind of discuss nothing more than just saying, Oh, just it's talking to God, but we don't give fundamentals. We don't, we don't talk about how we approach God, not saying like, Oh, there's a formula or, Oh, there's words that you have to say specifically for God to listen to us and all that stuff. But it's, it's giving some fundamentals so that that students can go into prayer with a little bit more of a, a confidence and boldness. Yeah, you think about in the Gospels when, to me, something that jumped out a few years ago to me was when the disciples approached Jesus and thinking that, you know, they, they saw John teach his disciples to pray, John the Baptist. They'd also seen Jesus pray as well and go off for sometimes extended periods of time to pray, even overnight, and they said to him, Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. That phrase right there says so much about uh, what our approach needs to be as well with our students is somebody has got to be teaching our students how to pray. Now, as a as a board member of the National Day of Prayer, uh, a few weeks before this recording, we had one of our uh, board meetings. We were together for a couple of days, and uh, the board chairman, his name is Dave, he was talking to us and saying that, uh, and I would say this is true, that most pastors that, that go through formal training, whether it be college or and or seminary, there's never a course that they have on a theology and practice of prayer. And he talked about how we are ignoring and missing some of the fundamentals. So even our own leaders and pastors and spiritual leaders, many times, and I would be including this, going through college and seminary, never had a course specifically designed to help me understand and practice prayer as a leader, but also in my personal life. And I think that's really key because we're missing, I think, there the fundamental, something so basic. And some people would say, well, it's not, a, you know, in, th in those circles, it's not really an academic topic that should be taught. But I would say, uh, in response to that, look throughout the scriptures and how much is prayer talked about in practice. And we know it's a foundational part of our relationship with God, and yet no one's really teaching anyone out there of us in the general public about how to do it. It's interesting that at a place of academia, they're saying prayer is not academic enough to teach as a class, yet it's a 
crucial aspect of our faith. Like without prayer, we're not we're not making that true connection with God. We're we may be connected in the Bible and the Word and and being spoken to, but we're not in communion with God when we're not talking and listening, and which is a basic aspect of prayer. And to just say oh, it's not academic enough, it's not worth the time to teach. You guys already know what it's like just talking to your best friend. Go ahead and go and do that. Well, some people just don't even talk to their best friend. What is some of the fundamental things that we can learn about prayer? And here's where we're going to go in the next segment. We want to talk about what we can do with this information and how we can teach our students about prayer and how we can develop what we'd call a culture of prayer in our youth ministry and youth group. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. What time of day do you most consistently and regularly pray? I pray before every meal. I usually pray right before I go to sleep. I usually pray before a meal or whenever like something wrong comes. I pray when like on like the main meals and I try to pray before I go to sleep. I pray before I go to sleep, um, at meals and when someone dies or something really bad happens in my life. I always pray before I go to bed, but I don't always pray in the morning, like thanking God for waking me up this morning. And um, when I'm at my grandparents, I would pray during the meals, but usually when I'm alone or with my parents, um, we'll just forget or just disregard it. So like at night is definitely the main prayer time for me. During meals and night time. Um, I don't pray very consistently, but when I do, it's usually with my grandmother because she's the most Christian woman that I've ever met and in my family. Not a lot of people are Christian in my family, but usually we only pray, pray for our meals. And, you know, if I say I have a headache, you know, she'll come up to me, hold my head, and she'll pray with me. Um, but actually, today, me and Hayden and one of our other friends prayed over our meal for breakfast. Mine like Alex isn't consistent but if I do then it's either at night or it's before I have something like huge going on and if I have anxiety about it and all that then I pray about it because I just need that sense of like you have me in your hands you know how to guide me you know how to help me so I do it mainly when I have something that I'm really anxious about I usually do it before then. If you were to describe the culture of prayer in your youth ministry your youth group what would it look like? How would you describe it? Would you use terms like it's flourishing, it's vibrant, it's active, or would you say it's dormant, it's inactive, it's dead, it's very pale? How would you describe your prayer culture when you think about your youth ministry? Not necessarily the time before the, the students show up with your leaders or with yourself in a quiet room, I'm talking about the students and the ministry itself. Is there a culture of prayer uh, for just seeking God and, and doing things that only God can do? Now, one of the aspects of our ministry here at Never the Same is NTS Camp. NTS Camp is a national camp um, across the, the country that we, we travel and we put on camps on college campuses and we invite local churches to bring their students and their youth ministry and their uh, adult leaders when I first started with NTS Camp many years ago, over a decade ago, right before the doors opened, there would be maybe a couple of minutes of prayer. 
you know, a couple of us guys that are leading say, hey, let's just gather, let's pray real quick, kind of out of obligation. I mean, let's be honest. It, it was like high stress. You're trying to get all the program elements ready to go and things aren't working and and we're all like really high stressed. And so then it's like, well, before we open up doors, let's just pray a few minutes. Let's gather up. Let's just kind of calm our, our spirits. And then we'd open up doors and we would just go right out of the gate and just it's high, high strung from there. And over the course of the decade, we've, we've started shifting the culture with NTS camp and prayer. And it started to change probably six years ago where instead of just the, the people that are involved in the program to stop and pray the band and all that stuff, but to invite the students in and we would open up the doors 45 minutes before the doors even open for the program. And we would shut everything down. We'd step away and we'd gather and we'd pray. We would pray for the night. We'd pray for each other. We'd pray for the hearts of those students that may, are, may be far from God. But we would really not just take a, a quick prayer and asking God to bless us in the, the plans that we have for the evening, but we would really seek God and, and say, you are invited here. We really want to see transformation. We want to see hearts change for you, and we want to see lost souls be brought back to you in relationship. And, and we would spend that time with students and and leaders and it just started to change the culture of our prayer at camp and we saw significant outcomes where you just start to feel the spirit move those students begin to be in tune with god and what he's wanting to lead them to do especially with friends and their peers and they're a little bit more in tune and more aware of when they're asking god to do great things and they're a part of those prayers, they're not just sitting in the auditorium as just observation. It, they're participating in in seeking God and going, what's happening? We want God to be here and change my friend's life, my you know, brother or sister's life, whatever it may be. And so it's it's been quite a shift over the last 10 years at NTS camp. I remember the conversation, Jason, that you and I had when, when we talked about what we can what can we do to make prayer more central to the culture of NTS camp? And what I admire that you didn't share in this story uh, about you is the fact that as the production manager at NTS camp, you significantly changed and rearranged your entire day and, and production schedule to be able to accommodate, to open the doors uh, you know, at that time for, for students to come in 45 minutes early and to pray for that, that 15, 20 minute segment um, before, you know, in the midst of a crazy, um, you know, environment where you're getting ready for a high production session for you guys and your team to be able to do that. And that's really contributed. So if you're listening to this and you, you're thinking, you know, maybe in my local church youth group setting or some of you listening might run ministry events or ministries like ours where you're reaching, uh, you know, people regionally or nationally and uh, just consider ways that you might incorporate prayer into the culture of what you do and i really was challenged to do that personally when i left almost nine years ago now the anniversary's coming up from my local church role as a youth pastor and felt led by god to start this organization never the same back then it was just me didn't have the staff that we have now and i felt like i i just said to god and i felt encouraged by by him set aside tuesday mornings for me and i remember doing that at work Tuesday mornings, 9 o'clock, 9 to 11, when it was just me, and giving that time to God in prayer and um, thanking Him for who He is and 
and what he's done and not even really focusing as much on like things to pray for but just going before God and saying thank you and as our staff has grown uh, now we just hired you know uh, another person coming into this year and our staff is just growing like crazy our organization is growing like crazy and people ask you know why do you think you see all this growth happening and I can't answer that the only thing I would tell people and I say to people is that I feel like God has just been honored and pleased and blessed by us setting aside that time we still do that to this day Tuesday mornings 9 to 11 o'clock in the morning, we all gather together. And what we have built our culture around here at Never the Same is a culture where we say uh, our staff meeting um, precedes, or our prayer meeting precedes our staff meeting. So we pray together, and that really has become our staff meeting because what we do is we, we spend the first time around an hour or so, and we each take turns leading, and we thank God for who He is, and we try to be creative with that every week, and we pray together. And then after that, we bring our requests, we bring the things that we're facing in our ministries, and we pray about those things together. And what I've found for us is that when we take them before God first, before instead of strategizing first, we just go before Him in prayer and take those needs before Him. It seems like our strategy and our direction and clarity is so much greater and more focused. And so it's it's been an amazing little experiment as we've been doing this the last nine years. And even for the last six years that I've been on staff, I've noticed that those times are a very valuable time in prayer. And it's not just like uh, we, we pray for 15 minutes and then we talk for 45 about whatever business that we need to talk about. And then we pray again. It's you, you keep us on track. You know, when, when it starts to veer off to the side of like, Hey, we're, we start to get caught up in, in discussing more business like things of the organization. You're, you're, you're always bringing it back to let, all right, (laughs) Let's pray about it. Let's not spend all our time discussing it. Let's actually seek God in it and, and not only thank him, but uh, bring our request to him with the things that are on our plate. And, and so for six years, it's been very consistent. Always, always Tuesday, always two hours, if not more. Um, but that's, that's been really key in what we see happening here in, at Never the Same. I remember as a youth pastor, there were three years in a row where we tried these prayer experiments. And I want to share them, and you might consider something like this in your youth ministry or in your ministry, in your life. But we got together. I remember the first year, we uh, got with 24 students in our ministry. I was a high school pastor at that time and said, let's set aside 30 days to pray uh, and pray specifically towards students that we knew that we wanted to them to be able to hear and receive the gospel and give their life to Christ. And we dedicated 30 days. We made these little prayer bracelet reminder things that we all wore. And in that 30 days, within that 30-day period, as we prayed every day consistently together, um, 24 students came to Christ within that 30 days. The next year, we decided, uh, got together with a group of students, and this time it was around 50 of us, and said, what are some things that if God were to change in our ministry and around us, we would know that only he could do it? We came up with five areas. We just I just listed it all on the whiteboard, and then we consolidated into five areas. And in that 30-day period, we literally, as the 30 days were, we got back together and we listed over 150 things that God had specifically changed that we saw that only he could have done. And then the next year, we did this three years in a row. We we, uh, we had 23 volunteer uh, adult leaders in our ministry with high schoolers, and we felt like we needed a lot more. Our ministry was growing. We had over 200 students as a part of our group then. 
So he said, let's pray that God would, would give us 50 adult leaders total in our group that we needed to, to help lead our students. And so that year, we consistently prayed throughout that school year. And during that year, as we prayed consistently about that, we went from 23 to 50 that year. So we saw God specifically do things. And I think that's the key sometimes with, with outcome-based prayer, strategic prayer, is to say, uh, take something before the Lord that's really thought through and that's really consistent and strategic in what we're asking God to do. And you may think, well, what are those fundamental aspects of prayer? I don't know if we're necessarily going to give them to you in this episode, but what we want to be asking is the question, what is that prayer culture like and how can it be uh, more in tune with prayer and, and incorporated into what you do, not just as a before the doors open necessarily, but to incorporate into the students um, activities and getting them to understand how to pray more or how to pray efficiently in a sense of just not just coming to God with, with rote prayer or empty words, but to have things on their hearts and bringing them to God. As I've worked with students for a long, long time, it's always been one of my goals is to make them more in tune and in practice with prayer. I just felt like that was something that was important to me. Jason, you started off this episode talking about what would happen if we um, were to do some radical things and just have students meet for prayer. And we wanted to share a story with you because, Jason, what you talked about is a true story. A man named Del Fessenfeld was a youth pastor, and he started a Friday night prayer meeting for students. And he, here's how he advertised it, just like you said. No pizza, no pop, no party, just prayer and a lot of power. That was the advertisement for this gathering. The ground rules are you had to be a student to participate. You had to stay a minimum, a minimum of two hours. And all you could do during that time was to pray. And he had a good-sized youth group, and he thought that maybe a few might show up. But that first Friday night, only one student came. And yet, Dell felt so passionate and felt like this was so important that he kept at it. And that number grew slowly. And then eventually, over 70 students were gathering every Friday night to pray for hours throughout their auditorium, and God began moving. And uh, one of the stories that came out of that was that one student there led 13 of her classmates to Christ in a single day as a result of what God was doing in that prayer meeting. And so we were just hoping that you would consider bringing prayer to the center of your youth ministry or whatever aspect uh, that you lead that there is not just a prayer life that is private for you but inviting students into that prayer life and reminding them that it's important to to engage god in the conversation and seeking him to not only thank him for what he's doing the blessings and all of the things that we may see him do around us but also just praising him and then asking what we really want him to do and only he can do the thought factory podcast is brought to you by never the same whose vision is to see new generations transformed in christ to further the kingdom of god learn more at neverthesame.org Okay, it's the bonus segment. As we mentioned in our last 
episode, we're going to be doing this little bonus segment at the end with some uh, really exciting updates about something that's happening uh, down the road from here. So Jason, last week we talked about Claim Your Campus 2020, this amazing event. And uh, what else do they need to know about this? That it's still on July 4th weekend. Okay, yeah. that's still happening. July 4th weekend. Yep. They needed to know that because in case it changed, we want to make sure that it it's clear. It's still July 4th. So July 4th in the year 2020 may sound like a long ways away. It's actually not. So that weekend, Friday night, the 3rd, July 4th on Saturday, and then Sunday morning there. And um, Now, once I hear the date, I go, I naturally go, where? Where is it? And okay, so I guess we should probably yet. give that information. Okay, so... Let's just throw it out there. So this will be happening in, uh, what's interesting, the part of this story is we're gathering students from all over the country in one place at one time for that weekend. And uh, students from 10,000 campuses will be there. And uh, so we wanted to find a place that was geographically central to every school in America. And we found it. It's in a little town called Lacine, Kansas. I'm going to spell it in case you want to look it up. L-A, capital C-Y-G-N-E. Lacine, Kansas is literally within a few miles of the geographic center of every school campus in America. Pretty amazing. So along with that, we've got all these partner organizations that are helping us as we host Claim Your Campus 2020. And the vision here is to see students uh, be inspired as we're gathered together to know how to pray at their school, to know how to share their faith with others, and to do something to serve. And part of that is one of our big partners, and if you listen to our last episode, you know what we're talking about, is Doug Clark is one of the national coordinators of See at the Pole. Doug, talk to us a little bit about um, how you're feeling as we're coming up to this event, Claim Your Campus 2020. Right. See at the Pole is a seasonal thing for me to some degree, and I'm the national field director for the uh, National Network of Youth Ministries. And so the NNYM is very much on board with not only supporting See at the Pole, uh, but also with supporting this call to people to come together on July 4th, 2020, in the middle of the country, and to see something accelerate from, uh, to, be, to go to thousands of campuses across the country so that there's a prayer movement on more and more of the schools that uh, are across our nation. And so we're excited to partner together with that. That can be catalytic that that a July 4th moment in 2020 could be a catalytic event. It could be a moment itself that helps explode into a movement. We don't know that'll happen. We pray it will happen. We want to be ready for it to happen. And uh, But we're aboard with it. I know a number of other ministries are pretty excited about it. The Campus Alliance um, across the country, uh, other denominations and, and groups and ministries are excited about helping see that happen. So we're thrilled to partner together with you. Well, I love you said about that, Doug, and our hearts really resonate in the same way that we want to set our sails and be ready if God wants to to really move and, and blow something really unique into this generation, the wind of the Spirit, to do something that only He can do. And, and our posture towards Claim Your Campus 2020 is, God, we're all going to be there, and we humbly ask that and invite you to join us and to do something only you can do. So I just appreciate, and we do your heart and what you guys are doing across uh, not only the United States, but as you mentioned, the world, the global student week of prayer that surrounds See You at the Pole. We're excited about what God's doing. We want to thank you for your time today and joining us. Yeah, it's a thrill to partner together with you, and we'll see what God does.